1: is Sid and friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Four kids were found in a drag party with one dead trans guy on the floor, and the kids were in the back. There were sex toys scattered throughout the house and a hoarder home. Doesn't make headline news. The first trans state representative, Stacey Lawton, a.k.a. Barry Lawton, from uh, New Hampshire, was just arrested for distributing child porn. Okay, it just happened. And mind you, they couldn't find him because he transitioned and changed his name. How about this one? And by the way,
0: they're trying to pass laws in, in,
1: in California and other states. Where if, once you change your name, if you're trans, yeah. it sponges your, 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 your criminal record. R- record. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So, so well, yeah. you change your name, Alex. Yeah. So, yeah now yeah. you're Alexandra Jones exonerated. Yeah. So goes goes no money. Money. Oh, you owe no money. And one more. So three days ago, the ex-CNN producer John Griffin was sentenced 19 years for sexually assaulting a nine-year-old. Okay? And then this was the other day. This is in New York City, a drag march, where the marchers are chanting, We're here. We're queer. We're here for your children. Tell, Play me, this. tell me this isn't disgusting. Listen.
2: But like they're not they're over here.
1: Now listen, this is how How do you want to bet those public school teachers? How about that cut from Alex Jones? I mean, he's a low but how about you can change your name and change your sex? And in certain states like California, and I'm sure here next, they will consider expunging your criminal record. So if you're Lil Rafino and you've got a whole bunch of issues, criminal issues... If you wake up one morning and become Louise Rapino you're good to go.
0: I was going to pick another name. What name were you going to pick? I was uh, was going to pick, um, forget it. I can't say (laughs) it. Okay. I don't want
1: to say it What a mess. What about Lois?
0: You can't. Lois works,
1: too. You you just can't live anywhere anymore. not close at all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the theme, basically, for the first 45 minutes... Outside of guys like Michael Strahan, Ryan Seacrest, Gaby playing his first basketball game last night, and me back on Twitter at Sid Rosenberg, is you can't live in New York anymore. You can't do it. Governor is awful. The mayor is a psycho. I become friendly with him, but he's no good, let's be honest. And now the city council, Yusef Salam, one of the quote, exonerated five wins in Harlem. A guy that follows this very, very closely—he's great at it—is my dear friend, the host of the Other Side of Midnight, one to five a.m. every morning here during the weekdays on WABC, Frank Morano. And Frank, we got to start right there because I got the feeling yesterday when you broke down this District Nine race in Harlem that you thought Inez Dickens was going to win this. This has to be a huge shock—a relatively easy win for Yusef Salaam, Frank.
0: Well, I did think that, uh, Salam had a chance of winning, but I never thought that, uh, Salam was going to win by as much of a margin as he did. I mean, look, you got to understand Inez Dickens has been elected repeatedly in this district. She used to hold this seat and then uh, she left the seat due to term limits, ran for state assembly. She won that overwhelmingly. So yeah, I thought, and she was endorsed by all the icons of Harlem politics, people like Charles Rangel, who won district race after race in this seat, he endorsed her. Eric Adams, who won overwhelmingly in this district in both the primary and the general, he endorsed her. So um it turned out none of that mattered because Salam beat Dickens by more than two to one. It's really astounding. The old Harlem is gone. I heard Hank Scheinkoff say on another uh, another show recently that this was a battle between... Between old Harlem politics and new Harlem politics I think he's right and the page has absolutely been turned and it has been turned to an insane direction I shudder to think about what the kind of things Yusuf Salam is going to be putting forward Aye. when he's in the city council it's astounding Aye.
1: you know you talk about uh, how these other people endorse these candidates and how certain candidates fare we got to get this out of the way because he's on every weekday morning he's coming up in about 17 minutes the uh, great Curtis Sliwa, and he was furious with you yesterday. And when that happens, I get the text right away. He's part of the family. He's part of the commission. But Frank Morano must, must apologize and correct some mistake about Curtis and Lee Zeldin in some district. Are you willing, ready, prepared to do both? Yeah, neither, again, neither. This,
0: this is so incredibly insignificant, but I'm not going to spend more than 20 seconds on this. But, yeah, so the 13th city council district in the Bronx, a very interesting race, which we'll talk about, I hope, in a second. I said that both Curtis and Lee Zeldin won that. So I said that the Republicans had a shot at winning it this November. Curtis did win it. Zeldin barely lost it. He got 47% of the vote. So he he did not win that district, which I said that he did. (laughs) But my point is still the same, which is the Republicans have a real shot at actually picking up a seat in the Bronx. So why Curtis chooses to focus on that rather than the broader point is just beyond. Did
1: you just ask why Curtis (laughs) – I mean, right,
0: he's exactly. brilliant.
1: He's a great winner guy, but he's a psycho. Well, let's yeah. stick with uh, District 13 in the Bronx. That, of course, Mike Rendino, his sister, Christy, uh, winning at least uh, right now. I know it's very, very close with Curtis's candidate, George Havernick, uh, the lady that joined me twice live in studio, Samantha Zerka. She's not going to win this. So it comes down to Christy and Havernick, and it looks like with a couple of hundred votes out there
0: somewhere that Christy is in the lead When is this finally going to be over? Okay, this is a fascinating, fascinating race. It's not only a fascinating race because this is one that the Republicans genuinely have a chance to win, but there's all sorts of other intrigue. You have the Chairman Mike Rendino's sister as the leading candidate. Uh, Curtis is involved as a colorful character. He always makes everything interesting. I have posted the video that Christy Marmarato, Rendino's sister, has posted alleging that Curtis and his gang of thugs were intimidating her the day before the election. I also posted the perspective from Curtis's candidate, that's all on my Facebook page. People could watch the videos for themselves and uh, judge for themselves. Here's where we are now, uh, Sid. Right now, Christy Marmorado is leading George Haverneck by only 74 votes. Now, people might think, okay, what's the big deal there? Here's the big deal. Remember, this is an election with ranked choice voting. So the candidate with the least number of votes Everyone that voted for that candidate gets to vote for their – gets to have those votes transferred to their second choice. So even though Samantha Zerka finished a distant third, she could actually hold the key to who wins this election. So if Zerka's voters ranked Havranek by a strong margin – there's a good chance even though havernick is trailing now he could win now people might but wouldn't you think but
1: wouldn't you think those chances are good being that uh, christie of course is wendino's brother curtis has pointed out a lot of very uh, unsavory things about wendino and curtis's candidate is in fact havernick wouldn't that be huge for I George? would
0: yes, I would think that uh, those are going to break Haverneck's way. Um, I don't know how much. Now, some people may have just voted for Zerka and not ranked any of the other candidates. That's why it's so important when people go to vote in these primaries that they rank all their choices because if they didn't rank other candidates, then Haverneck screwed. The other issue is some people may have voted for Zerka and then looked for another female candidate. But here's the other issue in that race that we're going to look for. There are still 212 absentee ballots that were that were requested For that race, 90 have been returned. So it looks like there are still some absentee ballots to count. This race normally would we would know it the outcome on Tuesday. But because next Tuesday is a holiday, July 4th, they're going to run the algorithm and all the ballots will have to be in by July 5th. Now, the ridiculous state legislature actually passed a law that lets people Uh, cure their absentee ballots. So if someone made a mistake on their absentee ballot, they wrote the wrong name, they signed in the wrong place, they wrote the wrong address, they're actually going to be notified by the Board of Elections that their absentee ballot was deficient, and they have a chance to cure that ballot. So uh, I would think those probably break more the organization's way. So if I am uh, betting this point, I still think Christie pulls it out, but it's by no means a for. Conclusion. This is still anyone's race.
1: All right, Frank Murado joining us here the uh, morning after these big city council races. Our friend Ina Vernikov wins again in Brooklyn. We love that. I did bring Anna Delphouse on here. I also brought on Ari Kagan with a call from Takis. and uh, Ari Kagan gets the win. And that's going to set up, I believe, a huge general election fight between Ari, former Democrat, now Republican, and the incumbent, number two, actually, in the city council, Justin Brennan. Do you see that as a competitive race in November, or does Justin win again relatively easily?
0: Well, I do see it. Look, I mean, it's everything's relative, right? So most of these districts in New York City are either unopposed, or you see the Democrat winning with eighty-five, ninety percent of the vote. So this could be the one of the most competitive seats in the city. So this is the forty-seventh Council District. Brooklyn includes a lot of interesting neighborhoods. This is the only matchup this year that has two councilmen running against each other in the general election. So Kagan, former Democrat, is running as the Republican, and Brannan. Uh, the Democrat running obviously is the incumbent, so it, both of them have a piece of the district as it is. A councilman on councilman battle in the general election. If I'm betting, I think Brannon wins, uh, but it's going to be very competitive because there's nothing at the top of the ticket this year in Brooklyn or citywide driving turnout. So it's all going to be a question of who can get out their voters. I do think the contours of the district, the way it is now, do favor Brannon a little bit. But the big surprise of the night, and I think cause for celebrating is the uh, defeat of Charles Barron, a very surprising defeat of Charles Barron in the 42nd council district, which is Brownsville, Brownsville section of Brooklyn. Now, obviously, I think a lot of our listeners know who Charles Barron is, Uh, new black Panther party, admitted black socialist, a militant, militant racial arsonist. And he has represented this seat since 2001 when he was elected. Then he was term limited. Who took over for him is wife and then his wife uh when she took over he took her seat in the state assembly Jeez. then when she was term limited, he came back two years ago and took back his old council seat. So there have been, there's been a baron in this seat since, uh, the election in 2001. So this really marks an end to decades of baron dominance in Brownsville. And, uh, I think that's for, for the best. But you mentioned the Habernick seat. That's going to be a competitive seat in the Bronx against Marjorie Velasquez. We talked about the, uh, Brannon versus Kagan seat. The other race that's still too close to call right next door to that Kagan Brandon seat is a district that was created for an Asian to represent them. Now I told you why the Brooklyn GOP would have gone out of their way for a seat that's crafted for an Asian and endorsed a guy by the name of Vito Labella. He's not it makes Asian. No sense to me. <laughs> Apparently not. Now they did originally endorse an Asian, but that Asian dropped out. Apparently he got, he got scared after seeing what happened with Lester Chang. Okay. Well, so there was another Asian candidate that ran in the Republican primary against Vito Labella yesterday. And right now she is leading by 48 votes. Her name is Ying Tan. There's still 70 absentee ballots left to count in that race, but that's going to be a very competitive race in the general election. You have the Republican Asian candidate, probably Ying Tan, but maybe Vito Labella, versus the Democratic uh, Asian candidate, Susan Zhang. If, um, ying tan wins this primary i think the republicans win that seat in the general election which would be a major pickup for them uh and then you have in queens a battle of not a councilman versus councilman but a councilman versus a former councilman vicky paladino bayside 19th district she is running against a person that was an elected official in this part of queens for a long time tony avella avella's leading his primary uh there's still some votes left to count because wow. of rank choice voting And you'll see the former councilman, Avella, running against uh, Vicky Palladino. I think Vicky's well positioned here because this district has become a bit more conservative since Tony left it.
1: So you're talking about the new Asian community, Ari Kagan. Uh, If my math serves me correct, and I may be wrong here. But we may be looking at, what, like eight Republicans?
0: Eight? That's a big number. That's the most that uh, that there could be. So uh, if Kagan is able to catch lightning in a bottle and beat Brannon, if, um, if the Republicans can win in the Asian seat, and if um, Haverneck or Christine Marmorado could beat uh, Marjorie Velasquez, you're talking – Possibly as many as nine. Now, wow. I don't think that's likely, so I think you're probably looking at seven, which is still the largest majority I think the Republicans have had in de- – not the majority, but the largest number the Republicans have had in the city council in literally decades, maybe ever, since uh, since they did away with proportional representation. And I think some of that is a result of changing voting patterns. But a lot of this is due – and I, I'm not just saying this because he's my friend – to the leadership of the minority leader, uh, Joe Borelli, who really – really uh, worked with the mayor's people to get maps that were favorable to the Republican candidates running this year. And I think to some extent, if the Republicans do end up with seven, eight or nine seats after November, really the unsung hero in uh, getting these maps uh, approved is going to be Joe Borelli. And,
1: of course, on the D.A. side, Curtis's ex-wife, Melinda Katz, she beat my friend, The judge, George Grasso, wanted Grasso to win, but that was never going to happen. And Darcel Clark wins again as well. So maybe one or two surprises. He talked about Barron and Yusef Salam, but uh, looking back at this, that's about it, right?
0: I think so. Now, the other race that uh, there is a possibility of a major upset is the 44th City Council District in Brooklyn. This is a heavily Orthodox Jewish area. And two years ago, Kalman Yeager was endorsed by both the Democrats and Republicans. He's a very conservative Democrat. He's part of that whole common sense caucus. Well, there was a time yesterday that Heshi Tischler, the person running against him in the GOP primary, was leading. As of now, Yeager is leading by 20 votes. I think he ends up pulling that out. and He'll again be Democrat and Republican. Republican, but there's still 126 absentee ballots left out to count in that race. If Tischler pulls that out with the absentee ballots, that's also another seat that the Republicans pick could pick up. But I have a feeling the Republicans on the council would rather keep uh, yeah. Common Yeager than have Hesley Tischler.
1: Well, oh, that is a great job. Frank Marano, folks, he's a great host. You can tell. Other side of midnight, 1 to 5 a.m. every weekday morning. He's funny. He's entertaining. He's brilliant. You heard that breakdown just now. I mean,